is in trouble. Anytime Mojibantan come, Batty boy get up and run. A gun shot me head back. You tell him no crow. It's like boom, bye, bye, in a body boy head. Who boy not promote no nasty man, them are fit dead. Boom, bye, bye, in a body boy head. Who boy not promote no nasty man, them are fit dead. Two man each up on a hug up and a lay down in a bed. Hug up and a nether and a feel up legs. Send for the matic and the hoodie instead. Shoot them now, come here with shot set. Do a one jockey, give them parlance head. The row one, the sweetness between the legs. Y'all bend down back away and accept the peg. And if it really at you, know she still now go fled. And some man still no on the panty red. Fear about the business, them love. Me say boom, bye, bye, in a body boy. Who boy not promote the nasty man, them a feed it. Boom, bye, bye, in a body boy. Who boy not promote the nasty man, them a feed it. Woman is the greatest thing that ever put on the land. Put your love on the from end down to foot bottom. But some man not turn around. Where them get that slam? Peter is not for Janet. Peter is for Jan. Suzette is not for Paul. Suzette is for Anne. Where the mama clad? Them get that slam. Here come the DJ named Bojo Bantan. Comfy. Shake me a dad. Boom, 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 boom. Bye, bye. In a body boy. Why not promote no nasty man, them a fi dead. Boom, bye, bye, in a body boy head. Why not promote no body man, them a fi dead. Tommy said this is not a bogey, me said this is not a deal. Guy come near with any skin must feel. Burn him up bad like a horse how you feel. Warm but your bant on your top. He said boom, bye, bye, in a body boy head. Why not promote no body man, them a fi dead. tips 
that definitely keep your hustle straight and keep your hustles crisp and keep your hustles tight. So if you're looking to take your business to the very next level, definitely continue to tune into the No One Talk broadcast. Once again, where to know is to grow. If you would like to be booked as a guest on the No One Talk broadcast, you can email me directly at notalk1 at gmail.com. Once again, that's no, that's K-N-O-W, no, talk, and the number one at gmail.com. Just a couple of announcements before we get to our special guest for tonight and our interview for tonight. I still have the ongoing campaign, the Help for Haiti Now Drive. I've had a couple of people both on social media and in the real world asking me how they can best get involved with the Help for Haiti Now Drive. So far, I'm very pleased to report that we have distributed and that we have brought over 100 bags of resources and materials that we have donated via, via our community to our brothers and sisters in Haiti that have still been adversely affected by the aftermath of Hurricane Matthew out in Haiti. So if you would like to participate with us and help us with the Help for Haiti Now Drive, it's an ongoing campaign, and it appears that the campaign that we're going to definitely keep it going for much of this year, just as we did in the latter part of last year. So if you would like to get involved and if you would like to donate, we are currently accepting newer gently used clothing, water bottles, pillows, babies' diapers, form formulas as well, and also any other newer gently used clothing that you would like to donate to our brothers and sisters in Haiti. So you can email me at the same address at notalk1 at gmail.com. Once again, that's K-N-O-W, talk, and the number one at gmail.com. Also, another very special announcement for Friday, the brand-new upgraded website for Pyramid Dreams will be up. So definitely all of you in my Facebook audience, definitely stay tuned. It's going to be up on Friday, January the 27th, so there's no need to delay the debut any longer. Brand-new content, brand-new artifacts, and also there's going to be a section that's going to be updated daily for our readers, for those that have been yearning. We also have a mobile version of the site that will be up, so you'll be able to pull up our site directly via your phone. So once again, stay tuned for Pyramid Dreams. That will be out on Friday. If you would like to take your business to the very next level and if you would like special promotions for your brand, you can contact us over at Innovate Today. Innovate Today has is guaranteed to succeed at meeting your business need. Innovate Today is one of your premier marketing and social media management companies, so you can contact us at www.innovateforward.com. That's with the 8 and the 4 in the middle, www.innovateforward.com. That's all the announcements tonight. Let's go ahead and get to our very special guest. I've known this young lady for quite some time, and I'm very pleased to have her on the No One Talk broadcast tonight. She's able to talk about her much about her brand tonight and also introduce herself to those of you whom she needs introducing to. So without any further ado, I definitely want to go ahead and welcome Bev Creatress on the No One Talk broadcast tonight. Bev. Peace, everyone. It's Bev the Creatress. How's everyone doing tonight? Yes, doing fantastic, Bev. Thank you for being on the No One Talk broadcast. How are you tonight? I'm feeling groovy. I'm I'm wonderful right now. I'm <laughs> working on a lot of <laughs> working on a lot of awesome things. Um, so you guys just stay tuned for that. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Here at the No One Talk family, we definitely love to hear about progress. So progress is about continuously moving forward. So definitely excited to hear about that. 
Uh, just getting down to our interview for tonight, for our listeners who might not be familiar with your brand, just tell our listeners just a bit about your brand. Okay. Bev the Creatress is a brand of creative services that includes custom, made-to-order and ready-to-wear clothing, face and henna painting, and much, much more. Okay, wonderful. And what was the inspiration behind your brand? Uh, the inspiration, uh, as cliche as it sounds, life and expression. Um, <laughs> for for so long, I've done so many creative things. Uh, up until this past year, I thought, okay, it's time to just collect it all into one brand. Um, many uh, one of the things that does inspire me a lot is. Caribbean culture. I grew up in a West Indian household where there was wonderful food cooking all the time, music playing, um, and just a carefree spirit. So my brand is simple and carefree, but very small details pack the big punch. Oh, wonderful. And for those that would like to get in contact you, get in contact with you, how can our listeners best contact you? Well, you all can email me at bevthecreatress at gmail.com. That's B-E-V-T-H-E-C-R-E-A-T-R-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can also log on to my website, www.bevthecreatress.com. Okay. Wonderful. And and oftentimes we, we look at the success of different entrepreneurs. As a matter of fact, I'm reading a book, I'm rereading one of my favorite books this week, which is a book by Robert Greene called Mastery. And so within it, Robert Greene says, take lessons and cues from those that have succeeded or have gone to a level that you wish to aspire to. I, I would ask you at this time, as we always look at and examine the success of those who have a very popping brand or a very popular brand, what, what are some of the greatest lessons you've learned in your time as an entrepreneur? Hmm. Some of the greatest lessons I've learned. Um, for one, some people think that when you're an entrepreneur, you work less hours in a full-time job, which is totally opposite from the truth. In fact, you put much more time into your business, although you're not clocking into or for someone else. And with that, I think that time management and organization is very, very important because if you have clients coming to you, you want to provide them with the best services and products in the order that, you know, that they came to you. And um, if you don't have your organization in line and you're not prioritizing, then everything can fall apart. And I know that by firsthand experience. <laughs> um, another great lesson as an entrepreneur, but as well as a creative individual is that you have to put value on your products and services. There's a culture of starving artist mentality that uh, has been perpetuated for so long, and this is the time to end it, especially within the black community. Stop asking for freebies, IOUs, discounts from your friends and family. Like, it's, it's, it's really up to <laughs> it's really up to the entrepreneur and the, the creative individual to put value on their products so that what they give is what they what they uh, get back. Um, so yeah, I'd say organization, time management, and also valuing your products and services. Greatest lessons. 
<laughs> now, 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 you brought something out in, in your answer is something DJ Khaled would say is a major key. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what do you think are some of the greatest challenges that businesses, particularly black-owned businesses, have to endure in this market? Mm. I'd say support. Um, the biggest thing, support, and, and by that I mean trust. Um, for so long, we've supported other businesses uh, that were owned by people that didn't look like us, that didn't have the same lifestyle, they didn't even live in our neighborhood. Um, and when it came to uh, one of our brothers or sisters opening up a business, we're very reluctant to support them or to spend a dollar with them. We'd rather spend $10 with, you know, an outsider than to spend $5 for the same service, even maybe even better service with one of our own. So um, I'd say that that's one of the challenges is to, to just kind of put trust into your brother and sister and just try. Just try them out. If it doesn't work out, you know what, don't let that discourage you. Go to go to someone else, but we have to start uh, participating in group economics and supporting each other. Absolutely. And, and and for my callers that are just tuning in, this is the No One Talks Great Broadcast with Beth Creatress. If you would like to call in and leave a comment, our call in number is three four seven nine eight nine. 0180. If you'd like to participate in the chat, simply go to our link at blogtalkradio.com slash no one talk, and you can hit us on the chat as well. I see a couple of comments that are pouring in. Once again, the call-in number is 347-989-0180. We will be right back after a brief commercial break with our interview with Beth the Creatures on the No One Talk broadcast. Stay tuned. existing clients that already know exactly what they want, where they have sketches, they have photos, they have lists. So I just 
uh, kind of go with that energy and create what they want. But then I have other clients who are really open and uh, carefree, and um, but they still want to stay, quote, unquote, on trend. So at that point, I will uh, look within my notes and research uh, what's been um, popular this past season uh, or two to just kind of get the temperature of what's um, what the presence is of, of whatever that they would like. And then I would present that to them. And um, depending on what they like or they approve, I'll incorporate that into whatever they're asking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for there's always that, that young person that would like to start their business or that young man or that young woman that would like to get their business off the ground. I, I was having a conversation a little earlier, a couple of hours ago today on this very topic, saying that the game has so changed so much compared to 2017 to, say, 1997. In 1997, you needed $1,500 to get your LLC. You, you needed all these inclusive costs and, and all the signage and the loan from the bank, et cetera, and you had to just go through this, these mountains of paperwork just to get your brand off the ground. However, in 2017, the Internet has truly equalized the game. So it does not require that much to get a brand off the ground in today's day and age in terms of marketing to your consumers and building a client base. But just for that young person or that student that there may be a freshman in college and they're looking at trying their hand at business and they started their business but they need a little guidance, what advice would you give to young up-and-coming and and aspiring entrepreneurs? Well, young people have social media down pat. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, And I'd say that despite whatever everyone else is using it for, you know, jokes and politics and things like that, they can really use that towards their benefit as far as marketing. Um, Instagram, especially Facebook, they can reach thousands, even millions of people when things go viral. So I'd say stick with social media uh, as far as branding because it doesn't cost anything. It really doesn't, and they're they're using it anyway. They're on it all day. <laughs> <laughs> sure, and, and and once again, how how can our audience best contact you if they would like to definitely support your services? Oh, absolutely. Um, they can log on to www.bevthecreatress.com. That's www.bevthe. C-R-E-T-R-E-S-S at gmail.com. They can also contact me at BevTheCreatress at G. Well, I just said that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can also get me at Facebook.com forward slash BevTheCreatress. And you can also find me on Instagram at Bev underscore B underscore Creatress. Sure. And and just an additional question. I I, I usually and typically don't discuss in terms of education on this broadcast. We more so keep the focus on entrepreneurship. But I I was talking to a young lady today, and she homeschools her children, and I was asking her about different ways in which she engages her children and different ways in which she inspires them to want to learn creatively. 
What do you think today is the, in today's era, is the missing link between the creativity of our children and the adults' attempts to aspire our children to be as creative as they can be? Mm. That's a wonderful question. Missing link. Hmm. Well, I don't know how it is now because I've been out of uh, grade school a few years. Uh, <laughs> I won't say how many. <laughs> but I believe that um, most young people are introduced uh, to creative arts through um, their school. And depending on where you live and um, those those kinds of infrastructures, uh the arts program may not be well-funded at the school or well-supported as much as the sports or other extracurricular activities. Um, so I'd say more, more, more programs, more funding um, given to those programs at school, whether it's uh, classes or whether it's after-school programs or workshops at community centers, I think that the community really needs to get involved, not just mom and dad, but the whole community, into uh, providing different things for young people to to just get a taste of. Because once someone gets a taste of being creative, they're going to get addicted because who doesn't love to create, right? So... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely um, more community involvement and just um, giving these young people an opportunity to try something new, um, as many things as they want, and, 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 and then let them go on from there. They'll know what to do right after that. Okay. And, and as usual on the No One Talk broadcast, we always have a listener-submitted question as well. Let me just pull up their question real quick and give me one moment. The listener submitted question goes as follows. It's from a young lady who actually would like to start her own business, but she's unsure of what to do in terms of the overall marketing or building a client base. What advice would you give to that young lady? Uh, Particularly, she has a fragrance brand, and what particular advice would you give to her in terms of wanting to start to market and build a client base? Hmm. Well, I know for me starting out, um, trying to build a client base, uh, sometimes you just have to go out on a whim and just uh, put yourself out there to the public. So I would say to her, uh, possibly uh, start vending at certain community events or festivals that are very low cost or free at that um, and bring samples of your fragrance. Every Everyone loves um, samples. So you, ha- you set out your table with a very nice, clean, simple layout to start with, bring samples of your fragrances, um, and then have some business cards. Um, and just put your best smile on. You know, when people start smelling that smell good and pick up your business card, they will call you. And when people start calling you, that's when you start charging. And that's when I go back to putting value on your products and services. So um, I definitely start vending and and start letting people know, like, what you have to offer and be passionate about it, and people will support you, definitely. And and how how important are business expos for business owners? I'd say they're they're very important. 
um, depending on the expo, you might have a different audience for each, and you might reach your, your target audience in each. But the, mo the more people you expose uh, or the, the more people you expose to your business, the better off you will be because it's a numbers game. It's a per it might be a percentage here that may be interested, a percentage here that may support you, but I'd say um, the more the better, definitely. It's all about promotion and, and getting yourself out there. Definitely. Definitely. Bev, I've surely enjoyed you on the No One Talk broadcast for tonight. Thank you so much for coming on board. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And and for our audience that's just tuning in, once again, just give your contact information. You can contact me at bevthecreatress at gmail.com, also www.bevthecreatress.com. Uh, I just want to say one more thing. For all sure, the entrepreneurs absolutely. out there and talented people and creative people, talent, hard work, Energy and time is well worth paying for. Trust me. If you stay true to that, the clients will follow you. Very wise words. <laughs> Definitely. And, and that was our interview with on the No One Talk broadcast with Bev the Creators. Bev, once again, thank you so much for coming on board. Thank you so much for having me. You all be inspired. Absolutely. Peace. Peace. All right, and there you have it. There was our interview, great interview with Bev Creatress on the No One Talk broadcast. We're going to take just one more brief break. You guys know me. I don't like to take too many breaks, but we're just going to take one more brief break, and we will be back with some additional topics discussing some of the current news and current events right here on the No One Talk broadcast. topics. As we know, everybody, this week marks the official first week of the Trump administration. I, I was telling a colleague of mine earlier today of Trump set, <laughs> which should be it, but we should know that definitely this time is coming, but we make the choice whether we marginalize ourselves or not. I, I, I wanted to just read this editorial that I, that I wrote over the weekend with the Women's March on Washington in mind, as well as with the as well as with the March on Washington that the Reverend Al Sharpton hosted and convened the week prior. But, but I just wanted to read a couple of these thoughts, and I'm not going to read the entire editorial, but I just wanted to read a couple of portions, and then I'll provide my analysis thereafter. The title of this editorial was Marching Without a Means to an End, How the Latest Intersectionality Effort Continues to Undermine Black America. A lion trainer works to train lions to perform for circus audiences. The trainer, versed in a variety of tricks, props out a stool with four legs to delude the way in which the lion translates its reality. The trainer, though friendly to the lions, isn't under any illusion that he's a friend to the lions. 
The lions, however, believing the trainer to be a friend, have forsaken their organic natures as rulers of the jungle, forgetting that their might is greater than that of the trainer and that they outnumber the trainer. The trainer has a psychological advantage. For many of these lions he's owned since they were cubs and have grown accustomed to the cages which confine them, believing their environment to be a cage. Though they're told they're lions, they weren't socialized to act as lions. The above is analogous to the Women's March on Washington, a march meant to rally the feminists and champion for a perceived preservation of rights. The observations mentioned in this editorial are not the ravings of a mad misogynist, nor are they meant to demean authentic women's movements globally. It's interesting that white women, who represent the majority of demonstrators, voted overwhelmingly in support of Donald Trump, which verified the message that white women will vote to preserve whiteness over any other prerogative. As the lion trainer depends upon the willing ignorance of the captive lions, the co-opting of authentic black empowerment and enfranchisement depends upon the acceptance of white disruptions to true movements. White feminists and their sympathizers are little more than the slave master's wife who's only complaining because she didn't get her own turn to oppress black people. White feminism is but a branch of white supremacy whose core values are the maintenance of the white image globally, promotion of white standards of beauty, and feigning opposition socially, but full subservience to the political order, which is white supremacy. Remember, it was the slave master's wife who promoted the education of black children in the big house, so by the time the children were old enough to work in the fields for her husband, they had been so thoroughly brainwashed into an inferior thought pattern that they willingly submitted to the white way of doing things. It was the slave master's wife who lured black men into sex farms to produce new generations of black workers for white families. It was the slave master's wife who helped her husband popularize buck-breaking, an emasculation technique against a black man designed to demean black male leadership and manhood. It was the slave master's wife who seduced black men into sundown towns so white populations could put their ropes to use in lynching. It was the lives of white women historically which were responsible for the bombing of Black Wall Street, the massacre of Rosewood, the murder of George Stinney, and the murder of Emmett Till. With this visible blood on the hands of white feminists, why have black activists so willingly joined and continue to join hands with them? And, and, and that's just a teaser. That's all I want to give you all because the full article will be on PyramidDreams.com on Friday. So I, I just wanted to give it to you all because we'd be here all night if I had to break down more of the observations in the report in the editorial. But just to talk about the editorial a little bit, the intersectionality efforts are once again a tool to undermine and disenfranchise black America. This is the Sun Tzu strategy. If you've read The Art of War, in launching many battles on your opponent so your opponent forgets which enemy he is fighting specifically. So by them throwing out the gender card towards black America and telling us that our problems lie in gender battles, we take our focus off of, off of systemic and institutional racism. By them simply telling us that the violence in Chicago is our problem, we take our eyes and our focus off of systemic and institutional racism and white supremacy. And then one of the other curveballs that you've seen that they throw out to us a lot is, as you saw with this election cycle from Sheriff David Clark to Stacey Dash to Jerry Rice to many that jumped into both soft shoe and hardcore cooning, <laughs> many of the individuals that would tell us that their status in life means that they can then dictate what the moral compass of black America should be. So these intersectionality efforts don't necessarily benefit black America at all. 
if you notice, what was what was the attributing cause of the destruction of the Black Panthers other than the wiretaps wire and infiltrations? It was the intersectionality efforts. There had not yet been a mass or wide representation of black unity before we attempted unity with others. So this is why you had Richard, Richard Aoki, who was the armed supplier for the Black Panthers, but he was highly instrumental in taking down the Black Panthers. If you, if you read Dr. Chancellor Williams' The Destruction of Black Civilization, Dr. Chancellor Williams talks about when we allowed the invaders in, the invaders then began to give us the invaders' lifestyle and the invaders' way of life. We, we saw this in Kemet after the original 19 dynasties of Kemet. By the 20th and 21st and 22nd dynasty, you had Semeticus I, who still was a man who had melatonin, who had melanin and those who possessed melanin. However, they began to bring in the values of the invaders. When we look at, for example, what happened with the Moors, the Moors began to educate early Caucasians, and these Caucasians then took the knowledge that they gleaned from the Moors to begin plagiarized societies with the Moors' credits. And this is why individuals like Beethoven now or Tobin Bay are portrayed as white. This is why Charlemagne the Great is portrayed as white, even though everyone knew at the time period that he was a dark-skinned, melanin-rich individual. So intersectionality does not gain us much. Black people in America have to understand that all we literally have is ourselves. You know, is th there's no real efforts at multiculturalism because within the lexicon of black America, we already are purely and highly multicultural. You have some which are Akan. You have some which are Carib. You have some which are Lakono. You have some which are Taino. You have some which actually have Choctaw in their background. You have some which have Yamasi in their background. You have some which are part of the original black Seminoles. You know, I, I met a young lady a couple of days ago who is actually the blood relative of John Horse, brother John Horse of the Seminole Wars. So we already have multiculturalism. What we need is multi-economics. <laughs> what, what we need is multi-political infrastructure. What we need is, is a multi-moral code and, and, and a yearning to simply stay on code that we don't drift nor deviate from the code when society thrusts its problems upon us. May I tell you tonight that a problem in black America is a problem for America, that a burden for black America is a problem for America. And so there's a new administration in the White House which does not care for opinions and does not simply care for debates and does not care for what we call ourselves, whether we call ourselves Kemites, whether we call ourselves Moors, whether we call ourselves Hebrews. No matter what we call ourselves, there's an administration which now reflects the systemic desire to destroy the very organic nature of the black family. And so that, that's what this editorial was about. It's about marching without a means to an end. See, it, 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 it's okay for Caucasian women to march because why? Number one, they are protected under the system of white supremacy. And number two, they already have their benefits as the greatest minority in America. They have no cause with which to champion for. But black people who are being systemically exterminated, systemically miseducated, systemically incarcerated, systemically abandoned by society, systemically placed on the front lines to die in all of America's major wars. What, what rights do we have to champion for that white people are bound to respect? 
And this is what we have to ask ourselves. This was the great ages of the Dred Scott decision of 1857. Dred Scott was simply saying, hey, look, I breathe as well. I have thoughts and desires as well, so I need my rights. But as we saw, the decision was handed down not in Dred Scott's favor, and it simply said that no black man has rights, which a white man is bound to respect. So what we have in the White House is we have an individual which is seeking to undo the legacy of Obama. This is why all of his executive orders have been passed over the last three days in which he has assumed power. This is why everyone is touting and championing what an executor and what a masterful executive he is. But may I tell you that it's very easy to steer a ship when the ship is floating, attempt to steer the ship when the ship is sinking. See, Obama had the very dutiful task and the yeoman's job, if you will, of rescuing this country from the brink of not only a moral disaster, because that already happened, but an economic disaster. He brought back the banks. He brought back the auto companies. He was able to achieve universal health care for the masses of people. And so all, all Donald Trump is attempting to do, he's been put into place by the white supremacist establishment to undo and destroy the legacy of a black man. Isn't this very much historically familiar? Dr. Bill Cosby in an interview in 1974 said that no black man leaves any business clean. And so as we look at the attempts to undo the legacy of Obama, whether right or wrong, no matter what we decide to agree with with Obama, I know my, I know my militant crowd out there will be, you know, they, 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 they might send me a couple of comments for this one and might hit my DMs up on Facebook as soon as I finish this broadcast about my perceived defending or sticking up for Obama when they perceive that Obama has done very little or had accomplished very little in the way of black America. But, but I must encourage my brothers and sisters to continue to look at the overall picture in terms of what the man was attempting to do. He was already within a rigged system. So basically the president is the highest paid federal employee in an already rigged system in which the winners and the losers are already decided. So if he's in a system as the highest paid federal employee where the winners and losers are already decided, don't you think that they're going to attempt to keep him from the people that have the greatest potential of rising up. They will attempt to delineate and destroy any resources or attempts to distribute resources to those very individuals. So that, that's what I wanted to share with you all tonight. Once again, the name of the editorial, I received some people in the chat asked, that just tuned in asking me what the, what the title of the editorial was for tonight. The, edit, the title of the editorial was Marching Without a Means to an End, and the subhead was how the, how the latest intersectionality efforts continue to undermine black America. And that will be one of the main features that we'll be putting up, that we'll be uploading as well to our site for Pyramid Dreams on Friday as it comes out. So I want to bid everybody a, a great rest of the night and thank everyone for tuning in to the No One Talk broadcast. Peace.